الحمد لله رب العالمين له الحمد الحسن والثناء الجميل وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه والتابعين لهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين أما بعد وإن الشرح أفضل كتاب منظومة البيقونية and we finished uh, line 20 where, where the author says وَثَانِي لَا يُسْقِطُّهُ لَكِنْ يَصِفْ أَوْصَافَهُ بِمَا بِهِ لَا يَنْعَرِفُ And so today we're going to start from وَمَا يُخَالِفْ ثِقَةٌ فِيهِ الْمَلَاءِ فَالشَّاذُ وَالْمَقْلُوبُ قِسْمَانٍ تَلَاءِ إِبْدَالُ رَاوٍ مَا بِرَاوٍ قِسْمُ وَقَلْبُ إِسْنَادٍ لِمَتْنِ قِسْمُ the author now goes into something that we kind of touched on, which is ashad. The author talks about shad. Ashad. Ashad, it's an opposition. The word shad is actually an opposition. It means a person is opposing. First of all, it is marawahu thiqa, a reliable person is narrating. <coughs> this person who's narrating is reliable. So he has integrity. He also has memorization. But he has opposed either a, peep, a person who's greater than him in memorization, okay? So he's got memory. But he's opposing someone who has greater memorization than he does. Or he's opposing someone, who, or he's opposing a group of people that are more than him in number. So he's opposing a large quantity of people. So the definition is marawahu thiqatu mukhalifan. It is marawahu thiqah mukhalifan liman huwa arjahu minhu. It is marawahu thiqah. It is a person whose thiqah narrates marawahu thiqah. Mukhalifa, uh, but in opposition. So he's opposing um, a people. So is Marawahu Thika Mukhalifan Liman Hua Ar Jahu Minhu? حفظاً أو عدداً لمن هو أرجح منه حفظاً أو عدداً So the people are, are better than him in terms of either memorization, one, or عدداً, two. His memory is not to their level, to that person's level. Or they're more than him in number. So you find that some of the scholars they weak a hadith based on there not being a narrator who's weak. The narrator is fine, but they say he's opposing other people, and the people he's opposing are either individually stronger than him or they are collectively stronger than him. That is called what? Ashad. Example for hadith which is shad is the hadith Ibn Majah narrated. There's a hadith Ibn Majah narrated in the Sahih where the Prophet Sallallahu was said, he said, Inna Allah wa malaikatahu. Allah and his, mess- Allah and his angels yusalluna ala mayamin al-sufuf. They send salutation upon the 
meaning the right side of the line. This hadith Ibn Majah narrated it. If you look at all of the narrators of the chain, they are all thiqat, reliable men. They've got memorization. So from the apparent of the hadith, it's authentic. Lakin, there's an opposition of another wording that has come from this same hadith, which is, Inna Allah wa malaikatahu, Allah and his angels are sending salutation upon what? Alladheena yasiluna as-sufuf. Those who connect the line. So when you're in the salah and in front of you there's a gap, some people don't go forward and, and, and connect that line. They just stay where they are. You miss this reward. You need to connect the line. Even if you realize that you're in the salah and there's a gap in front of you and the person on the right is not taking their position, you can move sideways to go to that line. Okay? Or even slightly left because of this hadith. Allah and His angels are sending on you what? Salutation. Bayhaqi narrated this in his Sunan, and then what did he say? He said, Wahuwa al Mahfuz. When he narrated the second one, he called this one Mahfuz. Mahfuz, two hadiths are opposing one another. Okay, two hadiths. This one, is the man whose memory is a bit lower. And this one, his memory is a bit higher. The one whose memory is a bit lower, what is it called? Shad. And this one is called what? The one whose memory is higher. It's called Mahfuz. Okay? It's called what? Mahfuz. So if you see the scholars of Hadith say, this Hadith is Mahfuz, it means the other one is Shad. Okay? The other one is what? It's shad. Shad means opposition. Okay? It means Also then the author goes into something known as al-maqloob. Okay, the author goes into what? The author goes into al-maqloob. What does he go into? Al-maqloob. Uh, Al-Maqloob is, first of all, there's two types of Maqloob, so each one has to be defined separately. Okay, write this down. Maqloob is two types. The Maqloob, Maqloob. So we're now going to go into another type. That's why he says, وَمَا يُخَالِفْ ثِقَّةٌ فِيهِ الْمَلَاءِ فَشَادُوا فَشَادُوا وَالْمَقْلُوبُ قِسْمَانٍ تَلَاءَ الْمَقْلُوبُ Al-Maqloob. Al-Maqloob is two types. Two types. These are terminologies that you should learn. Okay? Because when you read books of hadith, and they say this hadith is Maqloob, this hadith is Shad, this hadith is Mahfuv, you're trying to train yourself to be able to read these terms. Like when you read a uh, medical book, you need to learn, know the jargons and the, the, the terms that they're using. Correct? Same applies with Ilm al-Hadith. You can't read a book of hadith and not know mustalah al-hadith. The whole purpose of this science is to know those terms that they are using. Okay? Bukhari say this is maqloob. Ibn Hajar, when he's explaining Bukhari, these are the terms they're going to be using. These are the terms that they use amongst themselves. And in order to understand it, you'd have to know this. You'd have to know this. So the word al-maqloob is two types. Or the word al-maqloob is two types. The first one is... إِبْدَالُ اللَّفْضٍ بِآخَرَةٍ إِبْدَالُ اللَّفْضٍ بِآخَرَةٍ إِبْدَالُ اللَّفْضٍ بِآخَرَةٍ So the first, there's two types. إِبْدَال إِبْدَالُ اللَّفْضٍ بِآخَرَةٍ That's the first type. That's the first type of إِبْدَال. Uh, sorry, مخلوب. Okay. And that happens in two ways. This one happens in two ways. Min haythu arruwat. Min haythu almat. 
the chain. So ibdalu lafdhi bi akhara means a word will be exchanged with another word. Maqlub, by the way, is it's the same root word that's used for our hearts. And the heart is called the qalb lishiddati taqallubi because it turns a lot. The heart is called heart because it tosses and turns a lot. You want something today, you don't want it tomorrow, you do want it today. Qalb, qalb, it turns around, it turns around. Um, but in that, that's what Allah said in the ayah, يُقَلِّبُ uh, When he went to his jannah, what did he do? He's tossing his hands like this. The word qalb means to turn things. So here what's happening in the hadith is something went back and front. It happens in two ways. إِبْدَالُ lafdin bi akhara. One word takes the other place of the, another word. And that happens in two ways. In terms of the ruwad, the narrators, the f- son and the father's name become back and front. Like, for example, my name is Abdurrahman Hassan. My, my father's name is Hassan. My name is Abdurrahman. And so someone says, Hassan Abdurrahman. That's min haythul ruwad, the, the narrators. The name of the father and the son, back and front. And ilmul hadith, in ilmul hadith, this can have a problem because then it makes the people say, who's this narrator? And get confused with this narrator. They do. Um, it could happen. Like for example, Ka'b ibn Murrah and Murrah ibn Ka'b, they're two different narrators. Ah, two different narrators. Ka'b ibn Murrah and Murrah ibn Ka'b are two different narrators. If you confuse them in the train, it's a problem. There was a man by the name of Muhammad Zahid al-Kawthari. Has anyone here heard of him? Muhammad Zahid al-Kawthari? Ha. Muhammad Zahid al-Kawthari had a problem, big problem. And he was muta'assib Hanafi. He was a fanatic, fanatic towards the Hanafi madhab. Okay? Extremely fanatic. And he was from Turkey. He died many years ago. At least a hundred years ago now. What he did was he used to do this tactic in hadith. That he will authenticate the hadith by changing the name of the narrator, the father and the son, back and forth. He will look for two people who lived at the same time. Two people who lived at what? The same time. And he will exchange their names with one another. They live at the same time. They both are narrated from this person. One's name is before the other. The father and son name is back and front. And he will take the one that's reliable and that there's no question on him. Put him in the chain and get rid of the one who. And Allah brought a great Imam, Abdul Rahman Yahya al-Mu'allimi. He wrote a kitab called Al-Tankilu Bima Fi Ta'nib Al-Kawthari Al-Abatil. And what he did is followed him up. And he brought out all of his mistakes and where he went wrong. Okay? and how he played around. Are we all together? So if you don't know this science properly, this is what will happen to you. You think this is the chain, you look at the narrators, you go to the Qutb al-Rijal, you look at each of the narrators, and you say, Allahu Akbar, hadithun sahih, hadithun sahih, that's what you write on it. Little do you know that this hadith was, was put together for you. So that's the first type. Ibadalu lafdin bi akhara. And the first one is bin Haythul Ruwat. The second one is bin Haythul Matni. The metal, the wording of the Prophet is back and front. Not that the Prophet said this. Abadan. Someone within the chain got a slip of the tongue. And so what's... And the most common one that happened in Bukhari, Sahih Bukhari, is the famous hadith, Seven, Allah is going to give them a shade the day when there is no shade. And in the seven is what? It should be like that, right? A man who gives with his right hand. So much so that his left hand doesn't know what the right hand gave. صح? Bukhari, it fell backwards. A man who gave with his left hand. And he hid it so much that his right hand doesn't know what his left hand gave. That hadith is what? It's maqloob. It was meant to be what? That's meant to be right hand. Are we all together? That's what it's meant to be. Some scholars, <coughs> like Ibn Qayyim, and other scholars, they use the concept of maqloob in the issue of um, which one should go down in the salah, your knees or your hands. 
okay, when you go down. So the person is in ruku', they say, Sabiallahu alayhi wa sallam, they get up from their ruku', Sabiallahu alayhi wa sallam, should you go down with your knees like this first? Or should you go down with your hands first, meaning go down like this? Which one is correct? There's a hadith of the Prophet where it said, that one of you should not go down like the camel. And then the narration goes, put his hand, you should put your hands down first, before your knees. Okay? This hadith, Ibn al Qayyim and Zad al Bi'ad, he said it's maqloob. It's back and front. It should have been what? Put your knees down before your legs. Before your hands. Put your knees down before your what? Ibn al Qayyim is of the opinion that the knees go down before the what? The hands. But that which seems strongest, Wallahu alam, and Allah has more knowledge, uh, is that it should be the hands that go down before the feet, the knees. That the hands should go what? Uh, but just, and there's an, uh, a longer discussion in this regard that we can't go into right now. But um, it's what the scholars add to the issue of maqloob, back and front. Okay? Now we finish the first type. The second type of maqloob here is ibdalu isnadin matnin bi isnadi matnin akhara. Ibdal. Hands is more stronger. Now, that, that seems stronger. That the person goes down with their. But again, it's a difference of opinion. The difference of? Difference of opinion. The knee, knees and the hands, it seems more stronger that the hands should go down first. But there was a lot of differences of opinion in this era that we lived in. Sheikh, Ab, Sheikh Abdulaziz Lubaz believed that it's best that your knees go down first. And Sheikh Al-Albani was of the opinion that your hands go down first. And if you look at their opinions and you try to really study what the arguments and the difference is and where it's... It seems strong, that the haqq and the truth is more towards Sheikh Al-Bani's side. Huh? Does the camel go down first on his hands, or does he go first down on his knees? That which seems apparent is that he goes down on his knees first. Who's ever been... Who's ever seen a camel go down? Put your hand up if you've seen a camel go down. Ah. I made a video on it one time. Yeah. If you look at the, the camels, so this is, let's say this is the camel. I'm not going to draw the head, okay? This is the tail, by the way, okay? This is the legs of the camel, okay? I want to show you guys the way it goes. Um, the camel, which part does it go down first with? The front or the back? It goes first front, right? And then it goes back. If you look at the way that the front part of his legs go, it folds this way. True or false? Which part of your body folds like that? Your knees do. Look at your knees when you go down. Your knees fold this way. If you look at the camel, he has knees on his two front. These are where his knees are. And how does these one? How do these one go? The last two, they go the opposite direction. Which part of your body goes the opposite direction? Inwards. Your hands. Look at it. It goes this way. It goes inwards, and this one goes inwards. So the camel actually goes down first, down like that, and then it goes down like that. 
صحيح؟ I'm not a good artist. Yeah? <laughs> It looks like a buffalo, yeah. Okay. But do you, do you understand the concept? Huh? That this is his knees, and this is what, he, what you can call his legs, his hands. Pay attention now. Sheikh ibn Uthaymeen is ajeeb, wallahi, wallahi. When you look at Sheikh ibn Uthaymeen, he is an amazing alim, haqqan, wallahi. He goes, no. The whole discussion of being made, what, did, what went down first, is not the discussion. What's the discussion there, Sheikh? He said the discussion is what part of his body goes forward. Which part of his body goes down first? Is it the upper part or the lower part? Do you get it? No? Shabbat Allah goes, the upper part goes down first. And when you guys go down on your hands first, your upper part goes down first. And your lower part goes down later. And the camel does that, صح? Are we all together? But what we response to Shaykh Ibn Uthaymeen ma'ajalalati wa ilmihi wa fadlihi with his honor and virtue and his status and his understanding is the hadith specifically says فَلَا يَبْرُكْ بُرُكْ means don't go down on your knees. Don't go down on your what? Your knees, your knees. Like the camel goes down on his knees. صح? So the question isn't no, what goes down, what part of his body goes down first. It's what he goes down with first. So, is this the need or not? So from Shaykh Ibn Uthaymi's statement, you see that he doesn't disagree with that. He's taken another argument on, and brought that forward. Anyways, as you can see, it's something that is a valid, very valid difference of opinion that we shouldn't make a big issue out of. But we, it is one of those things that there is still, there's a still correct opinion, by the way. Not all of those views are correct. There's only one right. And each person will say, this is the right one. But any issue in the religion, there's only one. Hatta even if it's a valid difference of opinion, there's only what? One truth. One way. This. But the difference is, when it's no valid difference of opinion, then everyone has to follow this one. And you're not excused for paving another path. But... If there is a valid difference of opinion, you're excused because this has now become unclear to you. You, 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 you. So, that's all it is. And you're excused for your ijtihad, inshallah ta'ala. But you have to strive and ask Allah to guide you to that path. So. The second type, by the way, is ibdalu isnadi matnin bi isnadi matnin Changing a, a chain with the wording of the hadith, with another chain, and the wording of the hadith. And that's the one we spoke about, which happened to who? Al-Imam al-Bukhari, the people of Baghdad, they did it to Al-Imam al-Bukhari. Remember when they tested him? They sat him down. They all took, it was about 10 of them, I think. And they each had 10 hadiths, which made up how much? 100, right? 10 times 10 is what? Yeah, so that's what they did to him. They all took 10 hadiths and they exchanged it amongst themselves. This was maqloob. One man has a chain, he borrows the wording of the Prophet and they swapped it like that. This is maqloob by changing the chain of the hadith and the wording and the chain of the hadith and the wording here. This one is only done to test the person's memorization to see if they actually know, uh, and etc. Exam papers. Exam? Exam papers. <clears throat> and he passed the test. Who passed the test? Ali Imam al-Bukhari. He passed it. He answered it all. The author then goes into, وَالْفَرْضُ مَا قَيَّتَّهُ بِثِقَةٍ أَوْ جَمْعٍ أَوْ قَصْرٍ عَلَى رِوَايَةٍ Now we're going to go into al-fard. We're going to go into... Uh, fard. Fard is when a reliable person is alone in something. The word fard is al fard. It is um, it's when somebody reliable is alone in something. And it's two types. It's what? 
is two types. There's two types of fard in a hadith. By the way, it's fard biddal, dal at the ending. It's two types. The first one is called fard mutlaq, unrestricted fard. Unrestricted. And this is when there's no one else who narrated this except this individual. He's the only person who narrated it. No one else. All of the narrations, they go back to one person. The second type is Fard Muqayyad. It's a restricted Fard. Which is, is restricted to a particular land. No one else has narrated this hadith except the people of Medina, for instance. Or no one else has narrated this hadith except the people of Kufa. Or the people of this country. It's restricted to them. Those are the two types. It's called Fard Mutlaq, which is a particular narrator. So the first one is Fard Mutlaq. And second is Al-Fard Al-Muqayyid. Those are two types. The first one is Fardun Mutlaqun. It's when uh, a reliable person is alone on it. And the second one is Fard Muqayyad. Is إِذَا تَفَرَّدَ بِهِ أَلُوا بَلَدٍ مُعَيَّنٍ بِأَنْ لَمْ يَرْوِهِ إِلَّا أَهْلُوا بَلَدِي كَذَا وَكَذَا Is when a particular land, they narrate that hadith. And sometimes you find in the chain, there's no one, ex- there's no one else except the people of Medina. And this hadith only narrates from the people of Medina. This is Fard. It's called Fard. Now the author goes into an issue called Mu'allal. He says, وَمَا بِعِلَّةٍ غُمُوضٍ أَوْ خَفَى مُعَلَّلٌ عِنْدَهُ مُوْقَدْ عُرِفَى We're now going to go into, I can personally say this is the hardest, hardest subject of this whole science. You might know the science of Hadith, you might be knowledgeable in the science of hadith, but this is not for everyone. This one. The issue of illa, hidden defect in a hadith, not everyone can talk about this one. Not every scholar talk, spoke about this. And Imam Shafi'i never spoke about this. Imagine that. Ma'ilmihi bil hadith. Shafi'i knew hadith. He's knowledgeable in hadith. This was not for everyone. This is the type that are only jahabidatul luqad a selected individuals have come to understand it. Huh? The likes of Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal, Ali ibn al-Madini, Imam al-Bukhari, Imam al-Muslim, Abu Hatim al-Razi, Abu Zur'at al-Razi, Imam al-Dara al-Qutni, and others. These were the people. Uh, they had deep knowledge of hadith. To the extent that they can see hidden defects in hadith. 
Ja. Så gick han. And it became for them, hadith became like a man who's a Sayrafi. A Sayrafi is a man who works at money transfer, money exchange. What's his job? To see whether the money is forged, or if it's real money, or if it's not, sah? Before these machine, machines came and was able to identify the money for you, these people, they could really see the money that's real and the money that's not, sah? They touch it. They lift the coin. Still the coin? That's not true. If you asked him to explain to me, how do you know this one's not real? It's something he's become, in, it became innate for him because he's been doing it for so long, so long. He's learned it now. These pop scholars of hadith, they've lived with the statements of the Prophet for so long. They've learned how he talks, alayhi salam. And his speech, the way it's broken down, the way he spoke, the way he speaks, the way he, the Prophet, they learned it for years. So, it's impossible, or more like, it's very unlikely for them not to, for them not to see that issue. Well, one, of, one of the things that really amazed me is, there's a kitab called, written by Daru Qutri, it's over 10 volumes. <laughs> They said, He dictated it from his memory. Of this science. Al-ilal. The book is only on ilal. It's called Al-ilal Brothers. He dictated Darqutri. He dictated it from memory. The Habi said, If this is true, that Darqutri dictated this from memory, he is no less that Ahmad ibn Hanbal and Bukhari and others, he's like them, on the level of hadith. Darakutli was after them. Are we all together? So this science is one of the hardest sciences in hadith. It's called ilal, defect of hadith. Knowing it, it's not for everyone. It's not what? It's not for every single body. So this is called what? Al-ilal. The author says, The hadith is hidden. Remember, defects is every type of weakness in hadith. If a hadith is not connected, it's a defect. If there's an opposition, it's a defect. But this defect is not the normal defect. It's a hidden defect. It's a defect that you won't be able to identify. And one of the people who was very good at ilal at this era, very well grounded in ilal at this era, was Sheikh Muqbil ibn Hadi al-Wadi'i. Sheikh Muqbil was very grounded in ilal. Sheikh Muqbil, rahimahullah, he was very good. Rahimahullah. He has a kitab called Ahadith al-Mu'allah Zahiruha al-Sihah. Amazing kitab. Haqiqatan. You realize his understanding. Hadith which have illa in it, but when you look at it from the apparent, it looks connected to you. It looks authentic, no problem. When you look at it, but there's a hidden defect, and he'll bring the hidden defect for you. He will what? He will bring the hidden uh, defect. Example, inshallah ta'ala, I'm going to give you is Ya'lam ibn Ubaid By the way, the issue of illah Is when a person is an alim There's like Sufyan al-Thawri And an Imam al-Bukhari And Ahmad ibn Hanbal These are great imams When they do a mistake and you identify their mistake That's very hard for anyone to see that Because asal is that they don't do mistakes really a lot In hadith, they're very detailed They're precise it's identifying a strong individual in hadith, grounded in hadith, bringing out his mistakes. Bringing out what? His mistake. I'll give you an example. Sufyan al-Thawri is an imam. Qawiyyun hifd. Strong in memorization. Sufyan al-Thawri, the hadith of Ya'la ibn Ubaidin, who narrated from Sufyan al-Thawri. Sufyan al-Thawri said, An Amr ibn Dinarin. 
عنه على عمرو بن دينار عن ابن عمر مرفوعا البيع 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 بالخيار البيع بالخيار ما لم يتفرقا that the buying and the selling is based on choice you buy a, you sell a product to me I'm on the other side I can take it and I have something known as uh, I can choose to say you know what I don't want the product just give me back my money Buying and selling is based on choice. As long as they don't leave each other. So there's a time and a period of time whilst you're in front of each other where you can bring back the product. This hadith, Sufyan al-Thawriyu attributed it to who? That he took it from? Amr ibn Dinarin. But it's actually a mistake. It's not Amr ibn Dinarin. It's Abdullah ibn Dinarin. This hadith is illah. But it's authentic, inshaAllah ta'ala. How is it authentic? Amru Dinarin and Abdullah ibn Dinarin, they're both what? InshaAllah ta'ala, reliable. They're both authentic. But things like that, identifying the mistake of one who rarely does mistakes, ah, it's hard. Then the author says, Mudarib means what? We're now going to go into another type which is called Al-Mudarib. 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 If you look at the kitab, Mudarib means contradicting. It's, there's two hadiths that seem to be contradicting one another. Both of them are strong as each other. If one is stronger than the other, then there's not a problem. We go to the concept of shad. Shad al mahfur. But here they're both strong as each other. Oh, they are. We're unable to say this one is stronger than this one. We're unable to say that. So someone must have done a mistake. Or narrators must have done a mistake. Majority of the times, the idhirab happens in the chain. And it can sometimes happen in the wording, the metan, of how the hadith was transmitted. That's called what? Muddarib. That's called Muddarib. Two hadiths that are supposedly made to seem to be contradicting one another. Okay. They seem to be. They... An example of this is that the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. By the way, some scholars actually took time out, take those narrations, and they brought it together. They reconciled between how to bring these narrations together, and that they're not contradicting one another. <laughs> An example of the hadith is that which the Imam Tirmidhi narrated. On the authority of Fatima bin Tiqaisin, she was asked about zakat, and then she said, Inna fil mali There are rights on it, siwa zakati. There are rights on the wealth other than zakat. Okay? That Tirmidhi narrated that version. Ibn Majah narrated another word, wording, which says, Laysa fil mali. There is nothing, there's no right in the wealth other than zakat. Maybe they do seem to be contradicting one another, right? One is saying that there are rights that you need to give from your wealth other than zakat. The second hadith is saying there is no rights on your wealth, only zakat. And there's no way to reconcile between the two. This is what? Idrabun contradiction. And Iraqi said, فَهَذَا إِدْرَابُ لَا يَحْتَمِلُ التَّأْوِيلِ This is an idrab that can't take any interpretation. This is a problem from one of the narrators. One of the narrators said this. He did a mistake. <coughs> and this is very little, by the way. These hadith are very little. Another thing that the author talks about is
The author says, وَالْمُدْرَجَاتُ فِي الْحَدِيثِ مَا أَتَتْ مِنْ بَعْضِ الْفَاضِ الرُّوَاتِ اتصلت. We're now going to go into mudraj. Al-mudraj. Al-mudraj. Ha. Ha, Next week, yes. Hadith abrogate one another. There could be abrogation, sahih. Um, but the, here the question is the both the hadiths are the same hadiths, it's not two different hadiths that are contradicting each other. They just came in two different wordings. Okay, Tirmidhi's one and Ibn Majah's one are just mean watching akhar from just another wording. This the same hadith from the same narrator. From the, someone's done a mistake here. One of the narrators has misnarrated it. Incorrectly transmitted it. We're now going to go into mudraj. Mudraj is when the hadith of the Prophet وسلم, the statement of someone goes inside it. Well, mudrajatu fil hadithi ma atat min ba'di al-fadil ruwati tasalat. In the middle of the hadith of the Prophet someone's wording went in. Ah. That happens. And an example of this is the hadith of the Prophet where he said, لِلْعَبْدِ الْمَمْلُوكِ أَجْرَانِ The slave who's owned, he has two rewards. Abu Huraira was the one narrating the hadith, and people are writing. Abu Huraira stopped the hadith of the Prophet and then he spoke from himself. The students, what did they think? All oh, this is the Prophet said it. And so they wrote it. This is all from Abu Huraira. Abu Huraira said, I swear by the Lord in which my soul is in his hand. If it wasn't for jihad fi and if it wasn't for hajj, and if it wasn't for the concept of being obedient towards your parents, I would have loved an Amuta wa ala Mamluk. I would have loved to die as a slave owned because of this hadith, the reward that the Prophet mentioned for them. Now we know that the Prophet would never say that, Ali huh? That I want to be a slave. The Prophet wouldn't say that, Ali Abu Huraira. Abu Huraira was expressing himself, but the students they what? I'm a student writ it. How do we know? That this is mudraj. Another student realized that Abu Huraira stopped. Another student is fatin, sharp. He looks and he goes, mm, Abu Huraira stopped. He took it from himself. Whereas another one didn't. I thought all this is from the Prophet. So by bringing all the chain of narrations, you know where it all goes to. This is mudraj. What's it called? Mudraj. Or even sometimes the narrator might be narrating a hadith and he feels the need to explain a word. One of the words in the hadith. And some of the narrators, they think that the Prophet said this. Uh, they think the Prophet said this, alayhi salatu salam. And so books have been written about it. Um, one of the most comprehensive books that have been written about it is the kitab written by Khatib al-Baghdadi is called Al-Fasl al-Wasri Liba Udrija min al-Nakli. Also, Suyuti has a kitab on it, and also Ibn Siddiq has a kitab called Tasheel. You can buy all those books. All of them, like they took from Khatib al-Baghdadi. Suyuti and Ibn Siddiq, they all took from who? Uh, Khatib al-Baghdadi's one. The author then says, وَمَا رَوَا كُلُّ قَرِيرٍ عَلَاقِي مُدَبَّجٌ فَعْرِفُوا حَقًّا وَانْتَقِيهِ We're now going to go into um, Al-Muddabbaj Al-Muddabbaj What is Al-Muddabbaj? Al-Muddabbaj Before you know you, Before you know what a Muddabbaj is You have to know what is Aqran It's necessary to know Aqran Aqran are Contemporaries Two people who are Contemporaries to each other It is two people who are either the same age 
or they took from the same shuyukh. They took from the what? Same shuyukh. They're called akran. Akran. If these two, so what is akran? Akran is what? Akran is two people of the same age. One. Same age. Or they all took from the same shuyukhs. Their shuyukhs are the same. One, there might be 10 years difference between the two of them, but this one started seeking knowledge old and this one started seeking knowledge early. So they're still Akran because they took from the same shuyukh. Okay? Good. If they narrate from each other, what is it called? It's called Mudabaj. If the two contemporaries narrate from one another, you know, I need a hadith from you. Give, this me, give me this hadith. Okay, you give me this hadith. This is called a what? It's called Mudabaj. Like Aisha radiallahu anha narrating from Abu Huraira and Abu Huraira narrating from Aisha radiallahu anha. They're Mudabaj. They're both from the Prophet. They're both companions. Also, um, Zuhri narrated from Umar ibn Abdul Aziz or Umar ibn Abdul Aziz narrated from Zuhri because they're tabi'in they're both what? they're tabi'in or Imam Malik narrated from Awza'i or Awza'i narrated from Imam Malik with the, because they're both tabi'u tabi'in <coughs> this is all mudabbaj this is all what? <coughs> it's called mudabbaj متفق لفظا وخطا متفق وضده فيما ذكرنا المفترق. Like Sheikh now goes into المتفق والمفترق. We're going to now go into المتفق والمفترق. What does المتفق والمفترق mean? المتفق المتفق والمفترق <coughs> It is So the first one is المتفق متفق means two things are the same المفترق means two things are different What does that mean? Means المتفق Their names are the same والمفترق means they are two different people like in. Okay? Al-Muttafiqu and Tattafiqa Asma' al-Ruwati. These two people have the same name. His name, his father's name, and his granddad's name, three names are the same. wal muftariqu means these two same people have the same name, they're two different people. Same in name, different in, 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 in reality. They're two different people. Okay? This one people confuse a lot. It's called Al-Muttafiqu. They're the same, these two people. Al-Muftariqu, but they're two different people. So many scholars have written books on this. From the famous of them is Khatib al-Baghdadi's kitab that he's written, Rahimahullah ta'ala. Khatib al-Baghdadi has written a book uh, on it. Like for example, the name Al-Khalil ibn Ahmed. There are six people who share this name. Six people. Al-Khalil ibn Ahmed. Six people. The most famous of them is Shaykh Sibawihi, right? The most famous one of them, Al-Khalil ibn Ahmed, is Shaykh Sibawihi. Sibawihi's teacher, Khalil ibn Ahmed al-Farahidi. He's the most famous one. Hence why we don't just say Khalil ibn Ahmed. We always have to say Khalil ibn Ahmed al-Farahidi. To make it clear that it's him we're talking about. Huh? Because there are six other people that have that name. Ahmed ibn Ja'far ibn Hamdan. Four people have that name. Four people have that name. All of which lived at the same time. All of whom lived at the same era, same time. So it's important that you know these people, the differences between the two. Or the difference between these four. Who are, which one's which? Who has which one, each one narrated from? Which, when was he born? When did he die? When was he born? When this is all the signs of hadith. 
the author now goes into another t- topic, which is he says Now we're gonna go into Al Mu'talifu Al Mukhtalifu. Al Mu'talifu Wal Mukhtalifu. Again. Well Wal Mukhtalifu. This, which one? Yeah, I did. I said the, the names are the same, but they're two different people. Ha. Khalil ibn Ahmed al Khalil ibn Ahmed. They're the same. Mutafiq means ittifaq. They agreed on name. Muftariqun means they differed on who they each are. Now we're going to go into another top, another chapter, which is called Al Mu'talifu wal Mukhtalifu. Al Mu'talifu wal Mukhtalifu. Al Mu'talifu wal Mukhtalifu is. Their names are the same. Or their nickname is the same. Okay? Their name is the same. Their laqab is the same. Their kunya is the same. Abu this, they're the same. Or their lineage is the same. All of this which is like in khatan in terms of writing. Writing-wise, it's the same. But it's different when you, when you pronounce it. When you write it, it's the same. For example, one of them is called, look at this. That's one. Hey, are they the same? Are they the same? This one and this one. Writing wise, it's the same, right? You guys can't see anything. No, this one's called Salam, and this is called Salam. Two different ways. See how different I pronounce it? Salam. That's one, one narrator. His name is called Salam. Another one is called what? Salam. Are you there, brothers? This is an example uh, for it. Another example that scholars give is this one. Okay. Hey, what do you think? Does that look the same when you write it? This one is Abbas. And this is Ayash. The difference is what? Dots. By the way, before at the time of the Salaf, they never used to write the dots. The dots were never written. So in terms of writing, it's the same. <laughs> What's the difference? The dots. Just like some people complain about, no, oh, there's no harakat on this. I can't read this, there's no harakat on this. I can't read Arabic if it doesn't have harakat on it. These people didn't have dots before. So they, they used to read it without dots. Sah? Like an example, al-thawriyu and al-tawziyu. It's dots. They, they knew the difference like him. Ala kulli hal, this one's called al-mu'talifu wal-mukhtalifu. Okay? Al-mu'talifu Meaning that Mu'talif means the names are the same. Lakin al-Mukhtalif, but the names are different again. They're the same in writing, but they're different in pronunciation. Ha. And tatafiq al-khattu wa takhtalifu al-lafbu. The writing is the same, the pronunciation is different. You pronounce them both differently. That's another chapter. Okay? And it really happens because of the nuqta or the shakal, the harakah or the dots. Okay, this chapter, Al-Mu'talif Al-Mukhtalifu. Again, there's a kitab written by Khatib al-Baghdadi, he talks about it. Khatib al-Baghdadi wrote a book on it as well. Rahimahullah ta'ala. Then the author says, وَالْمُنْكَرُ الْفَرْدُ بِيرَاوِنْ غَدَى تَدِيلُهُ لَا يَحْمِلُ التَّفَرُّدَى What did we speak about before when we spoke about shad? What did we say Shad was? We said Shad is a reliable person opposing someone who is greater than him in memorization or a group of people who are more than him in number. Munkar 
is um, <coughs> this, which is the strongest opinion, is that the munkar is when a weak person opposes people who are strong. This individual is weak. His memorization is already weak and it's bad and it's terrible. And then he goes out and he then opposes other people. Okay? This hadith is now called what? Munkar. Like in the author here, he's of the opinion when he defined Munkar that is the hadith, um, a narrator is alone in it. But this person is manfahu shagalatuhu, his mistakes are excessively. Or he's excessively heedless. Or he's a fasiq, but he's not a liar. Okay? But he's, there's not, there's not an, it's not necessarily opposition there. The author here, he's saying that this person who's narrating this hadith in the chain, there's a man who has, he does mistakes excessively. Or he's excessively heedless. Or his fisq is clear, he's a fasiq. Of course, that fisq hasn't reached the level of what? Kadib, not lying. Because if he lies, then he goes to another topic called al-mubur. Which the author is going to mention soon. This hadith, and there doesn't have to necessarily be a opposition, according to the author. But we say it's with all of that and opposition, uh, inshallah ta'ala. Because that's, the, that's the, what the majority of the scholars refer to as the overwhelming majority of the mutaakhirin. Ibn Salah, Fathul Mughith, and Tawdihul Afkar. Go to those books and you see it there, inshallah ta'ala. ولذلك السيوطي he says in his الفية he says المنكر الذي روى غير الثقة مخالفا في نخبة قد حققه that's what it is إن شاء الله تعالى it is a weak individual okay whose weakness hasn't reached lying he's not lying but he's out there opposing people who are reliable who are strong who are tough in their memorization he goes and he opposes them إن شاء الله we're going to finish the book today إن شاء الله متروكه ما واحد به انفرد وأجمعه لضعفه فوكرد Now we go to a chapter called Al-Matruq <coughs> Matruq is a person whose hadith is rejected Matruq is a person whose hadith is rejected because he lies in his normal conversation He's never been seen lying about the Prophet ﷺ but he lies in his day-to-day conversation. Okay? Or he is 99% of the time he's heedless. He doesn't know what he's saying, like in hadith. Strafil, heedless. Okay. This is what? This is matruk. Like in the overwhelming majority of scholars, when they refer to it as matruq, is the one is mutahamun bil kadibi fil hadith. Is the one that when he lies in his normal conversation. If he lies about the Prophet, his hadith is called mawdu'ah. But this person, there are some people who lie in their normal conversations, but when they come to the Prophet, like, stop it, stop it. They do this, they say, huh? they say that. I can't lie about the Prophet. No. In the science of hadith, your hadith is rejected. Your hadith is what? Rejected. Your matruqul hadith. Because you lie in your day to day conversation. This hadith is called matruq. Wal kadibul mukhtalakul masnu'u ala nabi fadalikal mawdu'u. The author now goes about the one who lies about the Prophet. This is called al mawdu'u. Last, last one, inshaAllah ta'ala. Al mawdu'u. Mawdu' is the one who lies about the Prophet ﷺ. He makes up hadith of the Prophet ﷺ. Does he have to do it deliberately? Ha. Some scholars they say whether he does it even by accident. This hadith is called Mawdu' It's Mawdu' Even if he does it. And this is fabricated, yes, yes, yes. Fabricated. Mawdu' means fabricated. What is the reason that people would actually do this for? A lot of the times it's because of a ta'asub in madhab. People who are fanatic towards the madhab. Like for example, some people made a hadith up and they said, it, said that the Prophet ﷺ said, Siraj ummati Abi Hanifa. Abi Hanifa is the lamp 
and the lantern of my ummah. Siraju Ummati. Abu Hanifa, sorry. The, the lamp of my ummah is Abu Hanifa. They made this up. Ha. Another example is the statement of those who go overboard with Ali ibn Talib. They said, Ali yun khayrul bashar. فَمَنْ شَكَّ فِي ذَلِكَ فَقَدْ كَفَرَ Ali is the best of creation. And anyone who doubts it is a disbeliever. Uh, and etc. So people do make it up. They say that. They authenticate hadiths. For an imam of the madhab to pick him up and say, look, the Prophet spoke about him. Alayhi salam. And etc. And other people, they do it out of lead. They make the hadith up for the leader. As they, they want some money. So they make the hadith up for the leader. I'm just going to give you, inshallah ta'ala, five principles that you can identify that a hadith is, is fabricated. And we're going to conclude with that, inshallah. Um, <coughs> the first way to identify the hadith is fabricated is This speech does not resemble the speech of prophets. Prophets have way of way which they speak. The first way is This hadith you're looking at. It doesn't resemble the speech of the prophets. It's a weird way of speaking, like prophets don't say this. And some, some of you guys might say, how do I know a speech of... Like, for example, if you read an email, someone sent it to you, you can tell from the email if this email is written by a learned person or if a, a very young individual, uneducated, wrote it. Sah, you can see the difference. True or false? There's a particular way that learned people speak. That's the same way. Prophets, they have a way in which they speak. You can only learn that by studying the prophets and their words and the way they speak. The second one is, The speech is more towards and more leaning towards the description of um, a doctor or something like that, prescribing something. Like, if you look at the Sufiya, the way that they bring up, make up hadith of the Prophet this doesn't look like a, 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 a Prophet for sure, it looks more towards a doctor or something like that, I prescribed this or something like that. The hadith is batil in and within itself. It goes against things that we know out of our religion by necessity. Number four is Mukhalifatul Hadith al Sarih al Quran. This hadith is going against click ayat of the Quran, for instance. The first one is going against, it goes against the Prophet's speech. Sometimes what you see is that the person who's making this hadith, I don't know. They contradict themselves in the same hadith. The beginning and the front is contradicting one another. That's the fourth. The third. The fourth one, it goes against clear-cut Quranic discourse. And number five is... The way that the hadith is written, it, it falls short on the Arabic grammar excessively. Like it's weak when it comes to... The level of the Arabic. Ba'if jiddan. Ha'il. Radheel. If you go to the kitab Al-Manar Al-Munif Fis Sahih Wa Al-Ba'if Ibn Al-Qayyim mentioned 15, 15. Ibn Al-Qayyim mentioned 15 ways to know. 15. Go there. The author concluded the book by saying وَقَدْ أَتَتْ كَالْجَوْهَرِ الْمَكْنُونِ سَمَّيْتُهَا مَنْظُومَةَ الْبَيْقُونِ فَوْقَ الثَّلَاثِينَ بِأَرْبَعِينَ أَتَتْ and he goes, My book has come as a johar, a jewel, a reserved jewel. I called it Manzumat al Baykuni. I called it Manzumat al Baykuni. Its lines are 34 lines. 
and I've divided it in that way. And I concluded it with good. Alhamdulillah, Allah allowed us to finish this small little uh, treaty, inshallah ta'ala. Uh, the first one is that the speech, it doesn't resemble the speech of the prophets. I'll conclude there, inshallah ta'ala. Anything which I have said that was wrong or incorrect is from me and shaitan and Allah and his messenger are free from it. Subhanakallahumma bihamdik ashadu la ilaha illallah astaghfiruk wa atubu ilayk Inshallah ta'ala the uh, exam is going to be after the holidays Inshallah this is, this is our last class so after the holidays uh, which will be when? one more class next week after the holidays we've got one week I want to use that one week for the revision so that one week when we first week we come back we're going to revise Al-Bayquni, all of it. And the week after is going to be the exam, inshaAllah ta'ala. Okay? Barakallahu feekum wa jazakumullahu khayyam.